So, Chad, your company is called Your Credit Coach, and your purpose and your mission for your credit coach is for people to master their credit by transforming their lives. How do you combine someone's credit with their life? Yeah, I'm, that's a great question, right? But here's the thing. Credit is the biggest, one of the biggest metaphors for life. People see it as a score that's either assisting or getting in the way of the things that they want in life. But let's mm. be honest here, right? If you have poor credit right now, their habits, their rituals, and their routines that you partake in on a regular basis that are not serving you because mm. it's reflecting in your credit. Mm. On the flip side, if you're doing well with credit, there's certain things that you're doing that you just got right. Now, it doesn't mean that you're better. It doesn't mean that the person with bad credit is, is worse off because right. um, you know it's, it speaks a lot about where you are and where you want to go. Like There are people right now who have a horrible credit score because they might have experienced a bankruptcy. But the reason why they have a bankruptcy is because they went for it, hmm. right? They went for it. They tried a business. The business didn't work out or they tried something that mattered and it didn't work out. Hmm. So now they're left picking up the pieces. What do you do now? Wow. You what do you do now? What, what do you do? You got to build some credit. If you're bankrupt, then you have to build credit, don't you? No, absolutely no. So here's, that's the thing. There are a lot of people that face that point where they, they, they go into bankruptcy and from then they tuck their tail between their legs and now they decide that, you know, I tried, I failed, I'm just going to go ahead and live the most normal life that I can. Mm. But then there are other people, like our president, Donald Trump, who's experienced more than four major bankruptcies. Right. But those bankruptcies weren't defining they were the catalyst to bigger mm. things to come. And if you're willing to experience failure yeah. and continue climbing wow. and fighting towards your destiny, you'll experience that success. Ex exactly, and you'll experience that transformation. Wow. So inside of credit, it really opens up so much more than just the financial possibilities, so much more than just numbers. It's a metaphor on how hard you how you take wow. on life. Wow. That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty cool. I never thought about credit like that. I was always opposed to credit coming up. So I'm like, man, how am I gonna spend money that I don't have? Like, you give me access yeah. to stuff, and I'm a, I'm a mess up. And I've done that before. You know, being the young man I am, I got a nice little chunk of change on a credit card, and I went and spent too much money, and I had to pay off that bill. But that transformation, I think you're absolutely right. Being an entrepreneur and going into business, it's the same thing. You can only is you have to risk as much as you're willing to put on the table. That's yep. how much success or, or whatever you'll be able to have on the line. But I never thought of that in terms of credit. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, um, and like you said, as a young man, you went and ran up some credit card bills. Guess what? You're not alone on that one, right? <laughs> because unfortunately, we're here in a system where credit matters so much. But how many classes did you take on credit mm. in high school? No. Neither me. I don't know anyone that was really educated sufficiently to actually be able to come into this world dealing with wow. credit to win. And what you have is that you have people that have the support systems that are able to, uh, you know, if you if you have a, a, a cushion, it's easy to it's easy to jump off of that ledge if you know that there's a cushion yeah. there, right? Yeah. But if you don't have that support system, if you don't have uh, people that have come before you that know, that are in the know, then you're pretty much going it alone. You're figuring it out as you go. Right. So a large part of what I do is, you know, I do financial uh 
literacy for youth and I do a lot of workshops to really educate people on what they can do to not just look at credit as either one or the other, right? A lot of mm-hmm. people look at credit like you said, oh, I don't believe in credit is something that's going to get you in debt or people find themselves on a dependency on credit, right? Right. When the truth of the matter is that credit is a tool, no different than the key to your house. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. No different than the key to your car. It's a tool that opens up and gives you access to, you know, security. Do everything. In terms of a house. It gives you access to so much. It gives you so access to funding. Um, and it could really be the fuel that lights your fire for larger success. Mm. But before credit comes responsibility, before credit comes the ability to be able to manage the money that you currently have and the dreams that you currently have. And it all comes together and it really ties in nicely as a, um, it, it ties in nicely is, is for me a message because um, it allows for me to show people that no matter how hard it's been, as long as you've gotten up today, you have yourself another opportunity to change that. Mm. And that's pretty cool to be able to put, you know, a passion like that. I'm, I'm all about finding your passion that credit is something that you can be passionate about and it fuels your purpose and giving back to other people. When were you able yeah. to put those two together? Man, it took a long, long time, right? Uh, right now, I'm 34 years old. Uh, and I actually first got into the, the game of credit when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And that was when uh, I actually got into the mortgage industry. And I remember my first day in the office. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Boiler Room or Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. But my first day in the office, I walk in and I see these guys on the phone. I'll save you money on your mortgage. I'll save you money on your mortgage. And these guys in great suits, slick back hair, talking all kind of mess to each other. And I'm sitting there on my first day and I'm on the phone. And my boss, uh, one of his friends comes up to him. And, you know, they're just talking. And he says, all right. He crumbles up a piece of paper. How much you bet I make this? He's about to shoot a piece of paper into a basket, Right. Mm-hmm. How much? How much you say? How much? Twenty. Hundred. Oh. These guys throw out a hundred dollar bill, pays it like it's nothing. Wow. Man, that <laughs> opened my eyes to the possibility of mortgages, the possibility mm. of real estate, and from that moment, I picked up the phone and I was just working as hard as I could. I worked from nine to nine every day, and it, you know, it fueled me to make as much money as I can, and I did well for myself. And it didn't dawn on me that my job was to help build people's credit, to give them access to their dream, mm. their first home, their second home, which they could eventually leave back to their children. Or they could give their children um, a backyard. They could have a place to call their own. And right. that is such a huge responsibility. Yeah. And it taught me a major lesson. The lesson that I learned is that you can have greatest gift in the world but if you're not in a position that you understand the value of what you're giving it could be a curse and not the gift Hmm. and in that day and age when we were just focused on making money we you know we charged people too much money and you know when you saw this whole mortgage collapse the, the market collapse in 2008 uh, I know that a lot of people, whether it's mortgage bankers, the, the government, buyers, everyone was complicit in making that happen, but 
on the other side of that, I saw an opportunity to help people rebuild. A lot of people that had lost their homes to foreclosure. I lost the house to foreclosure. And actually going through that fight, rebuilding my credit, really taught me that there's an opportunity here not just to increase the score because when you're actually going through it and when you're struggling and, you know, you pay off a bill and then a month later you see your credit score goes up, there's like that, mm. you know, that Tiger Wood pump, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it's an empowering feeling. And when I realized that I'm in a position that I could empower people 10 points at a time, 20 points at a time, mm. until they're taking these gradual steps toward their goal, um, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. It's a gift. And I'm in a position that I get the gift that I offer. I get the gift that wow. I have. And I feel truly blessed to be able to be the one to deliver it. Mm, that's pretty cold. So what are some things for me, if you're coaching me, if we're, we're talking about credit right now, I told you I just put I just put an offer in on my first house, so I've got a I got a credit card or so. Yeah. Hey, um, my boy, go get it, man. Yes, yes, All sir. Right. What are some things that I should know? Thank you, thank you very much. What are some things that I need to know about credit or mortgage or whatever? If you're if you're coaching me, I'm trying to get some free advice. If you're coaching me, uh, <laughs> what what are some things that I need to know? Well, the first one's for free. After that, we're gonna have to you know we're gonna have to talk some big. <laughs> No, but um, in your position, or as a matter of fact, one thing that I like to, to really discuss with people and have them understand as a rule of thumb is that <clears throat> credit is something to be leveraged and is something that you want to make sure not to build a dependency on. Mm. The fact of the matter is that people that don't need credit get access to credit a lot easier than people that depend on credit. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. If you... If you buy cash and you've built up a reputation for being able to buy cash and if you owe something, you pay something and you're not looking to borrow anybody's money, everyone's looking to say, hey, I'm going to give you the money because they know that you're safe and you're secure. Mm -hmm. What you do from the standpoint of credit is utilize credit to play that game. And if you're able to borrow and only use 20 to 30% of any bill that you owe, whether mm -hmm. that be a credit card, uh, you know, your... Uh, installment loans that you may take out keep your bills at 20 to 30 percent of what the maximum credit limit is because what that does is two things first and foremost it gives you the cushion and the understanding of knowing that you have that rainy day yeah. credit if need be now you'd always want to have that capital as your rainy day right you want to have hard cold cash mm -hmm. as your rainy day but at least you know that you have that you know that space to breathe if needed Right, and if you if you have a little stumble, you know that it's not going to be the end of the day because you you haven't maxed out that opportunity. Okay. And also, that's the point where credit the credit bureaus uh, in FICO maximizes your score your, your your credit rating. Okay. Between twenty and thirty percent is when you actually get the most uh, credit for your points. Okay. So if my right. if my credit card bill if my limit is one thousand dollars. I should only be spending between two and three hundred a month. Exactly. Well, not a month. Total, right? So total. If you use it, and you use okay. two hundred. Pay it off. You don't want to go. You don't want to have your credit over um, okay. that that thirty percent. So never going over that thirty percent then. Okay. Yeah, and the reason why I say I would say never is because it's a good practice and habit, right? It's a good practice to have financially mm -hmm. and personally, but also from a credit uh, from driving the credit score standpoint. That's where you really start to achieve the, the, the wins. Okay, okay, that makes sense. 
that's yeah. that's something that you that you could be unaware of or that I was unaware of because in gaining the credit, I for a moment or for some time lost the value of cash because I got yes. the credit card and, and I thought, hey, I got this credit card, let me build my credit and use this as my day to day. And just swipe it and swipe it and swipe it. And I think that's, well, that is, I don't think, that is how I built up my credit card to like $1,000 in one month and then $800 in the next month. And it's like, man, Trey, that's, you can't do that. But I lost the value of the cash because paying it off, when I pay off the credit card bill, I have to spend my cash. And being cash broke is not a good place to be either. How do I find the balance? Well, again, I think that what's important is to keep in mind that credit is a tool. Like when you go into using it, uh, you know, people get seduced by, ooh, if I if I use my credit, I get 20% off. Nah, <laughs> man, don't fall for that. That is the oldest trick in the book, and it's not built. It's not set up for you to win that game. Wow. You think that Macy's doesn't know that, you know, giving you that, that 20% is the, the perfect bait and switch? Because once you're on the hook, once you're on the hook, it's hard to get out of that. Right. Right? So you want to maintain that cash mentality. But understand that credit is necessary if you want to buy a house. Like, there's some places where you could buy a property cash and you could save up and put it all down. Like, you know, I'm from New York and, you know, I lived in California. Those are places where it's really not going down. You need to leverage your credit to be able to buy a house. And what I like to focus on is making sure people understand the, the fundamental credit requirements for buying a house because that's the first thing. If you understand that, then that's pretty much the market as to which you need to reach and really shut it down for the most part. Mm-hmm. So you need to have two lines of credit okay. that are over a thousand dollars that have limit credit limits that are over a thousand dollars that have been open for over a year. Okay. okay. Two lines of credit that have been open for more than a year with credit limits that are over a thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. Right? And that's it. You yeah. don't need a whole bag of credit to be able to buy a house. You don't need to have, you know, um, be credit rich and cash right. broke to be able to buy a house. You know, it's, it's not, it's, the lifestyle isn't necessary. The credit lifestyle isn't necessary. Mm. It's real marginal. Okay. But if you meet that point, that puts you in a position that now you get a mortgage on your credit and now you have even bigger purchasing power. So if you right. ever need to, uh, if you have a business and you're ready to grow your business from one phase to the next, you can get business funding. You can get uh, personal loans. Right. But, the, the ultimate goal to me, the biggest thing that you can do is buy a house. Hmm. Why is that? Man, real estate. Real estate is the foundation to all wealth. That property. You, know? you own you something. Know, you to, yep, you could go to any hospital in the world and they're popping out babies every single day, but what they're not making more of is this dirt. Wow. Not making any more earth. Yeah. Until we go to Mars and such. But for now... The, the space that we have to live on is the space that you have. And the more of it that you can grab, the more of it that you can own, mm. more, the more that you'll be able to pass down to your children. That's how you change generations. Wow. Shipping real estate. And you're doing it through credit. That's a through. that's an amazing concept to do that because that's, I see where your, where your brand name and where your mission fits in because when people master their credit, they transform their lives. That's amazing. I have it because I agree with you on that. I mean, I, I think about how much land that people have as well in that exact same thing that you said. So to think about using credit in a way to, to gain something that isn't being made more of, that's a cool way to share your message. Now, how do, 
how do I know when I'm ready to go to my next level in credit? Or if I'm I'm in a position, okay, Trey, I didn't really know. I just said, hey, I'm about to buy a house, man. I don't really know. How do you know when you're about to buy a house? How do you know when it's the right time to buy a house, change your credit, whatever? When you could say, I'm going to put down this money to get this house. <laughs> That's it. Right. See, now the thing is, the credit, to build the credit isn't nearly as hard as people would think. Mm-hmm. If you have one line of credit that's been open for more than uh, a year that has a limit of $1,000, I could add your rent to your mm. credit report, for example. And that would, consider, that would be considered one of the required lines of wow. credit by adding your rent to your credit report. And in doing so, um, that ticks all of the boxes right there and you're ready to go. Okay. So again, you don't need to have a ton of credit to be able to get a house. Is, is it the same? Are you still looking at that 20? How much money do you need to put down on a house? Because you're, you're a mortgage man, too. You got into your credit through mortgage businesses. Yeah. So how much money? I, I hear different numbers. Somebody will say you need $15,000 to buy whatever kind of house, 3%. What, what do you need to buy a house? It's funny, right, because yesterday I, was, I did an interview with a real estate lady, and she, lady, and she says that people come with their $10,000. They would think it's $10,000 <laughs> necessary to buy a house. So, Right. You come with your 10000 It's all relative, right? Now, what you want to keep in mind, and I guess the biggest point that I'd say is that there are two things. First and foremost, in terms of qualifying for a mortgage, there's a, there's a fee called mortgage insurance, PMI, private mortgage insurance. And private mortgage insurance is, is, is put on any loan that's over 80% of the value of the property. So whether you're doing an FHA loan, which is, which is a government loan, or you're doing a conventional loan, which is a private, uh, I guess, from with, with a, a bank, uh, if you're over 80%, you're going to be charged PMI. Hmm. Okay? So, to avoid PMI, you want to either put down 20% or more, or get a conventional loan, because if you get a conventional loan, once the value increases to now the fact to now that your property is uh, worth more and you only owe eighty percent, then the PMI would fall off. Hmm. If you get an FHA loan right now, which is a, a federal housing authority loan right now, that PMI is going to be on for the life of the loan. So that's something to be very mindful of. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Dang. What? How? Dang. That's that's a big that's a big woe right there. Um, for, the, for the FHA, for that PMI to be on there the whole time. Woo, wake up there, because I believe yeah. I saw the FHA and I wasn't quite clear on what that meant. So I think that's it. That, I need to go back and make sure I know which box I checked when it comes to yeah, FHA. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what's, I mean, not, I mean it's, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing because the Federal Housing Authority, what it does is it allows people a lower entry point to, to become homeowners. Three and a half percent down mm. changes the game, you know, because some people... You know, when you really think about it, right, there are a lot of people that aren't born in, into privilege, don't really have the opportunity. And 3.5% down it's not means bad. that, you know, it's home ownership is more realistic compared to somebody that is used to, you know, like Donald Trump said, oh, I just got a small loan for a million dollars from my pops, right? Man, <laughs> if I got a small loan for $10, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of us don't have that. You don't right. have that. Right. Right. And um, that gives you an opportunity to make wow. home ownership realistic. And then from there, it's a matter of what you can do with it. Mm. So that's, you know, in a, a perspective, if I'm looking at buying a $100,000 house and 
if I don't put twenty thousand dollars down on that house, I'll have to pay this PMI fee. Correct. And PMI PMI could be anywhere from, you know, maybe you know if the property is really cheap, a little less than a hundred dollars, up to up to maybe like three four hundred dollars every single month, depending mm -hmm. on the size of the house. It's the, the higher, the bigger the, the the loan, the bigger the PMI. Okay. And if so, it, typically, if I if I don't get that twenty percent, I have to do that that PMI. But the FHA lets me put three and a half percent, so thirty five hundred as opposed to twenty thousand dollars down on the house, exactly. and then I can still purchase it. You can still purchase it. Yep. Mm. So it gets you in the game. It wow. gets you in the game. It's a matter of what you could actually do, right? Because when you think about it today, right? As much as you know about home ownership now, you get yourself a house. How much more do you think that you'll know in five years? A whole lot more. A whole lot more, right? And it'll give you an opportunity to leverage what you were able to do, like now. Right. Five years from now, you'd have more more knowledge, more equity, and mm. more strategies that you could implement to buy in your second, your third, your fourth house. So I think getting into the game is vital. Okay. Okay. When did now? What where did you get most of your? Where did you get your burn for doing credit and real estate and these kind of things? I think. I feel like you've had to get hurt a few times in credit or real estate to, to be so knowledgeable. So is there is there any stories you can share about where, where the passion for it comes from? Man, which one, right? <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like I mentioned before, I lost the house to foreclosure. And, um, you know, I've learned so much about credit over the years. But um, in two when I, was, when I was 21, I bought my first house. Okay. And when I bought my first house, um, I got a crash course in <laughs> being a landlord, right? So I bought my first house, and from that time, I ended up buying eight houses over the course of two and a half years, three years. Wow. And uh, back in those days, you could do like, I'm not even <laughs> I did a lot of loans on my in my name, and then I also had partners on other properties. This was that housing bubble. This was the yeah, housing this, bubble. This is, yeah, like, we, yeah. Were still, we were still going. <laughs> we were still blowing it up with before the pop. the AAA prime loans. That's with the the big short. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, th there was a loan called an NTA NTA loan, right? And I'm gonna tell you, I was kind of nice in the mortgage game. So there was this <laughs> loan called an NTA loan, and the NTA loan gave you four different payment options. Mm. One payment option was at one and a half percent interest rate. The next payment option was like seven and a half percent interest only, and the next. Uh, option was a 30-year fixed rate at like 8%. So when you get your mortgage statement, which payment are you going to make every single month? I would have picked the first. Which one? The one and a half. Right, right. exactly. Okay. So the thing with the 1.5% interest rate, it had what's called negative amortization. So instead of you paying your your your, your loan and the balance going down, you'd pay your loan at 1.5% and your balance would go up. Oh... Shoot. Right, so negative amortization. That's why they were able to get the loan away for so long, but for so low, one and a half percent. But you were paying in the back end. Wow. So I came up with this pitch that I was like, listen, the NTA loan is like an ATM for your house. When mm. you need to save a little extra money, you could pay the low payment, but when you know things are good, you could pay the higher payment. Mm. So that was my little pitch. I had a, you know, I used to come up with some great pitches, but that was total garbage because that contributed to the bubble, right? Right. So for me personally, the way that um, I actually really learned. Um, or got burned, I guess, is in uh, about 2006, it's like all of my tenants got on the phone and decided to stop paying me at the same time. So I had all of these properties 
and I'm coming out of my month, my, my pocket with over ten thousand dollars every single month to keep up with all of these mortgages, and then one day I come to the office and mortgages just stopped. Mm. Could not get a loan for anything. Like literally speaking, when that crash happened, like when I tell you, it's like wow. being a teacher, going to school, and there just not being any kids. Wow. No kids. Mm. Every day, no kids. There were no loans. There's no business. So here I am paying over ten thousand dollars a month, and it's only so long I could keep up with all of these houses that aren't. So I end up. I remember I went to I went to the foreclosure auction the day that my my house was going to get auctioned off, and. I just felt that there was going to be some kind of miracle that was going to happen to me on that day, and I felt very positive about it. So I went, and when I saw the, 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 the judge lift the gavel and then drop it, and then my house is gone, Bang. it was such a devastating moment. Wow. All the stuff that I built up, like I was on my way to building a real estate empire, and just like that, mm. just like that, bro, it was gone. I faced depression, self-worth questions. Um, you know, I was wow. totally lost, man. I didn't know what to do. And it was like, that lasted for a while because, again, the mortgage industry, what I built my identity on from the time that I was 19, this is all that I knew. I was a one-trick pony. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, being in a space where I was disempowered, I didn't have hope for the future in that wow. moment. I didn't know where I was going. What, what took me out of it, was when people started to call me and say, hey, Chad, I got these issues. I know you know about credit. I know you know about, um, you know, real estate. What should I do? And I started just coaching people. Mm. And at the time, I didn't think of it as a business. I didn't think of it as anything. It was something that I was doing to help people. So I'd help one person and the next person. I ended up helping myself. I was even able to get the foreclosure off of my credit. And it didn't dawn on me until uh, just like four years ago that there's really a great opportunity there. But even in that time, it was more about a business, but it's evolved into a passion where, like you said, mm. um, in what I do, it's a lot deeper. So if you would like look at credit as, if you would look at like real estate and everything uh, that you could get from credit as a garden, right. I'm not the tomato, I'm not the cucumber, <laughs> but I'm the soil. Okay. I'm what everything grows out of. We get your credit right, then you'd be able to buy that house mm. if that's your, if that's your desire. You, you'd be able to get that money to build your business if that's your desire. You can grow and your if crops. If you take good care of that soil, there's no limit as to how beautiful your garden can grow. Mm. Mm. That's real. And so is this what is this what a coaching call would look like? Is this what it looks like when oh. you're talking to people? Well, we do we do um, Skype calls because I you know I have clients all over the country, and um, we do Skype calls or we can do phone calls. And the way I do it is we look at where um, where you are right now. It always starts as to from where you are, mm. and then we create a plan as to where you're going. And I hold you to that, and I give you the tools, the resources to really get to that. Okay. Okay. And the course of whether it's my three-month coaching program, my six-month coaching program, or some people just want credit repair. They just, they don't really care about, they don't care about how the sausage is made. They just want to, <laughs> So we yeah. just give them the credit repair, which is very dynamic. It's a very dynamic program as well. But I really like to get into the weeds and show people right. to be empowered around how mm. they deal with it. Now, where can I, where can I go if I'm someone looking for your help, if I need credit help, where can I go to find you? Well, you can find me at my website, which is 
yourcreditcoach.com. Yeah, yourcreditcoach.com, and you can sign up for a free consultation right there on the website. Uh, you could also see a lot of my coaching programs. You could find out about the courses that I have. I have some free courses around budgeting. I also have some other courses that really go in depth into a lot of other facets of, uh, of credit. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you can find me there. You could also find me on my, my Facebook page, which is Chad Murray. I'm the guy with the, the pink tie looking with <laughs> New York City in the background. I'm looking kind of high, looking kind of GQ'd out. Uh, and, and I'm Shay's friend, so yeah, you can yeah. find me there. You can find me on LinkedIn, Chad Murray. You can find me on Instagram, Your Credit Coach. You can find me on YouTube. My YouTube channel is Your Credit Coach. So everything is Your Credit Coach. Uh, you can find me, and um, I give a, I, you know, I, I must admit, I've been in the industry for a while. I know a lot of stuff because I've traveled a lot of roads inside of this mm-hmm. uh, real estate credit game. And I'm really passionate about sharing that knowledge to help people move their lives forward. Okay. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you if there's a, one piece of information that, that you really want people to have a lasting message with. Is, is there any last thing that you would want to say before we go ahead and sign off on this episode? Yeah. I'm going to say this, right? Now, a lot of people focus on the end result, right? Get into budgeting. Start mm. budgeting today because budgeting opens up the doors to so much more, Right. Because you get to plan your success. You get to prepare for any shortcomings that are going to come your way. But being able to budget is really going to, it's like setting goals. Yeah. If you know what you're trying to hit, you're going to, if you're aiming for nothing, you're going to hit it every time. And if you use that approach when it comes to your money, you're going to do the same thing. Right? So definitely budget. And just to, um, to make sure that we can throw some points on your credit report, uh, there's this service called selflender.com. If you're looking to establish new credit, selflender.com allows you to put money aside and save money for a whole year wow. and have money uh, and have that money be reported to your credit report to have you build credit. Wow. Selflender. Yeah. I, got, I, have, I have a link on my website. If you want more information, you can um, hit me up at coach at yourcreditcoach.com. I have so many... I, I don't have sleeves right now, but I have a lot of tricks <laughs> on my sleeve. Believe me. 